over these scenes. moment Israeli festival goers. I, st- I still can't get over these scenes at, at the party. I mean, I'm, this, these are the type of parties that generally I would attend and I'd probably be there at, at more or less these times. I just can't imagine these people dancing at a party and just watching the, the paragliders uh, were descended descend upon by Hamas militants paragliding in from the skies to inflict terror. They appeared to be oblivious to the impending terror floating hundreds of feet above their head until an eagle-eyed camera person suddenly zoomed in on gray dots in the air, which turned out to be Palestinian militants. Festival goers are then warned of an incoming rocket attack just as the invasion begins. Moments later, the dancing stops and terror ensues as festival goers are forced to run for their lives as armed Hamas fighters began shooting and kidnapping whoever lay in their path. Crazy. I mean, imagine walking out of a, of a party, which I'm sure a lot of you would go to, and then having to either be either run away or being gunned down. see people actually driving away i mean you see these people driving away and i'll show you in a second i'll show you what happened to some of those people who who were actually driving away Some of them were lucky. Some of them managed to, to get away. Others weren't that lucky. And I think we've all seen the, the pictures. Um, I do want to show you, I do want to show you one or two of the, um, the images of some of the people that actually drove away. So here's, here is, hold on a second. Here is one, one image of, of, of people driving out of the party. Um, and what you can see is that as they drive out of the party and try and get away from the party, they actually get gunned down. You don't actually see them gunned down. I'm trying to keep this as graphicless as possible. So YouTube actually keeps this video, but um, you can see this car's been shot at multiple times by the terrorists until eventually the car just drifts to the side of the road. And that's, yeah, that's the end of, of I guess, whoever's in the car. Now, look, guys, for me, this is a, a very personal war. Um, you know, I'm Israeli. I was born in Israel. A lot of my friends have lost friends in this war. A lot of my friends have got kids that are in the army right now fighting. Um, a very good friend of mine has his parents who were in one of the kibbutzim, which is one of the the, the Israeli, um, uh, almost like... like um, Settlements where they 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 work together to create things. He his his parents were in the kibbutz on on uh, Saturday. He hasn't seen his parents since. He hasn't seen his parents since. Um, and yeah, I mean it's a very 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 close. It's a it's a war that is very 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 close to me. Despite that, I'm going to try and remain neutral because I understand that this is not a war of Jews against Muslims, black against white. This is a very small faction of terrorists 
which have gone to war. And I think this is a very different type of war because unlike normal wars, which are fought with soldiers and, you know, not that graphic, this one is actually being fought on social media. And a lot of the, the victories and the points which are being scored are being scored by the enemies or specifically in this case Hamas on, on social media. And I mean, I, I've, joined, I've joined a few Telegram groups. I'm going to sh- actually show you one or two of, of the Telegram groups that I actually have joined just to see. But experiencing what I experienced inside these Telegram groups, here, here is a Telegram group over here. It's called Gaza Now. I'll leave you guys a link if any of you actually want to do it. And what this link is, let me quickly just go back there for you guys so you guys can see it. Um, hold on, let's just try and go back there. So here, here it is. Actually, no, let's just get back to that. So this is the Gaza Now group. A lot of it's in Arabic, most of it's in Arabic. But one thing that you can see is that here, what the people in Gaza do is they celebrate things like we've captured people, we've killed people, the death toll. I mean, I woke up this morning and the one thing that I saw is that they're celebrating the fact that Israel has 1,100 deaths. Um, and, you know, they, they're celebrating, they celebrating in, in this group multiple things like people being killed. If you translate this, it, it says that two Israeli soldiers were killed and it's almost a celebration of, of the soldiers being killed. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, I, I've been following this group for the whole weekend. Um, I watched soldiers being killed, being stood on. I'm not going to show too much here because I, don't, I want YouTube to actually... <laughs> To, to, I actually want, actually want YouTube to not delete the videos. I'm not going to show you guys much much more of the violence here. I don't, I don't want this to be penalized. But I just want to show you guys that, you know, like it or not, we are not at war. This is not going to be an easy war. It's not going to be a short war, even though the Hamas have come out and Hamas have said that they are now open to a truce. The, it's not going to be a short war. And I think we need to start preparing ourselves for what this this war actually means, as I said, Hamas came out and said that um, um, that they are now they're willing to discuss a ceasefire. Obviously, the Israelis are not like that, and they're saying, you know, this is just the beginning, and they're going to do whatever they need to do to get this out. In fact, if you listen to the Israeli um, Minister of Defense or the General of the Army, I'm not sure exactly what his position is or how you call his position, but let's just listen to what he had to say. ישראל. <laughs> אנחנו נשנה את פני המציאות ברצועת עזה 50 שנה קדימה. מה שהיה הוא לא מה שיהיה. אנחנו נפעל במלוא העוצמה. אני מבקש מאזרחי ישראל להתאזר בסבלנות, לגבות את צה"ל ואת כוחות הביטחון. So I think what we, like, I mean, this war is going to continue. I think what we need to discuss today is how will this war affect our portfolios? How will this war affect crypto? Is this a good time to buy crypto? Is this a bad time to buy crypto? Is there going to be any effect in crypto? Or is this just a war in a very, 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 very small country? Because if you look at where this war is actually taking place, so 
to give you an idea, that's the Middle East over there. You can see the Middle East is, is, is quite a, a big place. That's Israel over there. This tiny, tiny, tiny little orange thing here is Israel. And then here at the bottom point of Israel, or this area over here is where, is where you've got the Gaza Strip. So the question is whether, a, I'll give you, a, I'll show you a more zoomed up, um, a more zoomed up. So that is Israel. And then you've got, um, you've got the Gaza Strip over here. That's literally right now where the war is taking place and where the Hamas is actually positioned. And, and the big question is whether or not the, um, the battle or the war in that area of the world is actually going to, to start moving markets. What are the risks here? And I guess one of the, what the market's telling you right now is that the market is not very worried about the risks of a war at the moment. So you can see that right now, if you look at the futures, and I've given you guys a whole lot of futures here. Let me just try and close that. So you can see the, the US uh, 30, which is a Dow Jones, up 60 points. The US 500, which is the S&P 500, up 7.6 points. The NASDAQ up above 15,000. What the market is telling you now is that the market right now is not very worried about an escalation in, in this war. You can see that all the major indicators, you look at the, the 10-year T-bill, which is now at 4.7%. You look at the, the Dixie. The Dixie is actually now below 106 um, the gold price actually shot up. And this is actually something we need to pay attention to because generally in times of war, gold actually goes up. And we'll talk in a, in a couple of seconds about what else um, uh, um, uh, goes up during times of war and, and how things perform uh, in times of war. Listen, I, I, I just realized now that I haven't uh, welcomed every, everyone. So listen, it has been a little bit of an emotional show. Uh, if you are new to our channel, this is not the type of, of you know, stuff we usually discuss in the channel. We're usually much more focused on crypto, but I guess in a time of war, we're all here in a time of war. We're not going to discuss on this channel who's right and who's wrong. Um, and um, I think I'll, I'll give you guys some context about that. It's something that I tweeted about uh, earlier on. I, I said, I, I tweeted something on the weekend and I said, look, um, let me find it for you. I said, look, all right, hold on. Let me just try and find this tweet for you. So look, I don't want to get into various opinions and this is how I think we're going to keep it on the channel. I don't want to get into the various opinions on Israel and Palestine situation. You know, I have views, you have views. Um, I think the situation is very, very complex. And I think that we should respect the views of, of everyone else. I see things one way, you may see things another way. And that is the way that everybody feels here. Some people believe that maybe the, 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 um, the Israel neighbors are right, or the Palestinians are right. Some people believe it, that the Israelis are right. I don't think that this is the forum where we should be discussing who's right and who's wrong. But I think we should all agree that this is a very different type of war. Um, and the reason why this is a very different type of war is because we've got social media and social media has become a, a place where people can post what they deem as victories. And that's, I think, where we can all draw the line is to say, look, the one thing we shouldn't celebrate is people's um, posting victories on uh, innocent, innocent civilians. So we're going to try and keep it here to the facts. We're going to try and look today at how this war, if it escalates, could affect your crypto portfolio, whether this is a good time or a bad time to buy crypto. I see you guys here are in, a, in, 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 in the chat. Um, I think let's try and keep it um, clean because we have people from all walks of life here and we want to try and be more peaceful uh, than stuff like that. And I see that there are people um, maybe provoking other people in the chat. I think maybe just block those people, just kick them out. This is not, this. Is, everyone loses when, when, when innocent civilians get killed. 
whether they're Israelis, whether they're Arabs, whether they doesn't matter what they are, what race, nationality they are. War may be political. War is a political thing, and and people people um, uh, people dying, innocent people dying. I mean, you guys you guys saw this, and uh, you know, I'll I'll show I'll show both sides here. I mean, because I think both sides have 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 casualties to show, but you all saw um, this girl whose name is Shani. She was one of the, she's a German, uh, she went to the party and she was carried away. I think when innocent people like get, get, get killed, that's, everybody suffers. And I, and I said the same thing about when innocent um, people in the Gaza Strip lose their homes. I had some images earlier, earlier on, I'll try and find them. But when innocent people in the Gaza Strip lose their homes, I think it's, it's just as sad. Um, so I think let's try and keep it, uh, let's try and keep it clean here in the comments. And let's try and look at what the, the markets will actually do. In a, in a scenario like this. And I think if you look at the markets, what you can see is that right now the markets aren't scared. Um, the markets are saying, generally, look at the European markets. The European markets are all up a lot, plus 1%, plus 1%, plus 1%, plus 2%, plus 3%. So the European markets here, um, uh, uh, the, Euro the European markets here are, are up. The, 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 um, the U.S. markets, as I said, are up. The, the, the rates are down in the U.S. The Dixie has, has weakened slightly. Gold is slightly up. I'll show you in a second why it's like that. Bitcoin, I think, is doing pretty well. I mean, given the fact that people were very, very, very nervous yesterday, Bitcoin's doing well. I think altcoins weren't doing as well. If I look at the altcoins specifically, some of them are up today. But generally, if I look at the week, we wiped out all the, 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 um, the gains that we had made. And that's because in a time of of war in a time of uncertainty people are running to the to the um uh, uh um store of value type assets the, the safer assets and that's why i think that what you saw here is you saw bitcoin you saw gold going up but you saw and you saw bitcoin holding up very 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 well in, in this market because i think that people are now leaning on bitcoin as a digital gold so you can see that gold started to turn gold was on a very bad downward streak and it turned when the war actually broke out and people started to, to go into, into more of the, the, the safe haven assets. Generally, when you look at wars, people are nervous of, of wars. People are nervous. People get very nervous of wars. And you'll remember when we had the Russia-Ukraine war broke out, initially what happens is I, I analyzed a whole lot of wars and, and try to work out, are wars good for markets or bad for markets? And if they are good for markets, what are they good for? What are they bad for? What I realized was that, I mean, we've had a couple of wars in, in recent history. Most recently, we had the, the Russia-Ukraine war. And you remember that what happened in the Russia-Ukraine war is that the markets initially, when they get the shock of the fact that there is a war, people get nervous. And when people get nervous, the first thing they do is they actually exit markets. They exit risk. And they start moving towards, towards um, uh, store of values and, and stuff like that. And that's really what, what, what took up what took up gold and stuff like that. But generally, when you look at wars, after the initial overreaction, after the initial shock, basically what happens is that markets usually recover and they usually recover quite quickly. And in this case, I think exactly the same thing is going to happen. We had the market slightly down yesterday. It was a, it was a holiday in the United States, but we had markets slightly down yesterday. And as you can see, today, the markets are actually back in the green. So why is that? Because one, in the beginning, people get shocked about wars. And then what happens is they start rationalizing. And in this case, what the markets are saying is they're saying, look, we were scared. We're scared this is going to start a second world war. But hold on a second. Now the markets are coming down to reality and saying, 
no, maybe there's not going to be a second world war, a third world war. Maybe it's going to be contained to this area over here. And specifically, maybe, maybe, maybe right now this war is just going to remain between Israel and Hamas, which is in, in the Gaza Strip. But there is a concern. Of course, the concern is that, you know, somehow Iran might be involved. Up until now, there has been, I think, one article um, which is, I think, which was, I think, the Wall Street Journal article. It was a Wall Street Journal article which said that Iran was actually involved. Um, uh, that that was the the one article that that was written. And there is a concern that that Iran may be involved. And if Iran may be involved, it may be a lure to get the U.S. in because they actually want to escalate things with the United States. That's what everyone's worried about, and that's why. When you look at the oil price, that's why oil jumped $5. Oil was at like $81 or $81, $82, and it shot up to $87, and it's hovering at about $87 because what people are worried about here is people are worried that that um, Iran may actually get involved, and then that would limit the number of, of barrels of oil that Iran produces. But be that as it may, today Iran is not the biggest um, producer of, of oil. The other concern is that, of course, people are worried about how Saudi Arabia is going to react here because, you know, they're talking about the, the crown prince of, of Saudi Arabia, um, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, and he says, uh, the kingdom continues stands by the Palestinian people trying to achieve their legitimate rights to decent life, realize their hopes and aspirations and achieve just and lasting peace. Now, remember that Saudi Arabia has been, I won't say hostile to the United States, but it been, has, been war, uh, has been less than warm to, towards Joe Biden and, and towards the, the United States and, and, and everything else. And a big concern is that Saudi Arabia is one of the biggest manufacturers of oil in the world and that they'll somehow get involved and that will drive up um, the oil price and then that will have long-lasting repercussions uh, for that. But generally, as I said, markets actually do pretty well in times of war. And I think in this case, the market is sh- is going to shake off the 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 war the war, and you can see Peter Brandt actually echoes that. He says, "Look, it looks like actually what's happening is that the U.S. market is starting to print a cup and handle, which is actually quite a bullish pattern." So he's saying, "Look, we're we're probably somewhere down towards the bottom of the handle, and that may usually take us up," which does talk back to these wartime wartime charts uh, that that we're getting here. Um, another thing is, you know, in times of war, you need to start looking at the stocks that can actually do well during wars. So stocks like Lockheed Martin or any any stock that, that creates weapons and stuff like that, RTX, Boeing, um, uh, General Dynamics, any of these stocks that actually create um, uh, uh, things that fund war, um, that's actually, th- those are actually good. So let's quickly look at um, uh, how to prepare your, your portfolio for, for, for times of war. It says, uh, the, the tweet says, in times of conflict, inflation rises. Why does inflation rise? Because more spending happens. More spending happens to fund the war. We saw that the US wavered or, 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 or gave their support for Israel and kind of said in, indirectly, we will give Israel whatever they need to continue to fight this war. Um, I mean, I didn't say it as, as politely as that. You can, you know, we can look at it over here. Uh, U.S. to send weapons and warships to support Israel. Um, we had certain, certain, like Lindsey Graham, and remember, Lindsey Graham is very, very, very extreme. So, you know, listen to this. Well, for every Israeli or American hostage executed uh, by Hamas, we should uh, take down an Iranian oil refinery. 
The only way you're going to keep this war from escalating is to hold Iran accountable. How much more death and destruction do we have to take from the Iranian regime? So I think what, what you're seeing here is you're starting to see that the U.S. is pledging a whole lot of support to Israel. And what does that mean for the U.S.? It means that the U.S. will need money to help Israel, or if they get more involved in the war, they'll need a lot more money. And how are they going to get that money? Well, they need to spend. They'll, they will need to spend. Now, two things will happen when they spend. The first thing is we will get inflation. The second thing is this national debt will continue to go up. There's a reason why I'm talking about this na- national debt. You know that the national debt is at $33.5 trillion, and right now the interest payments on this debt are about a trillion dollars a year. Now, if the U.S. has to now fund another war, remember they've, they, they've got wars on multiple fronts now, but if the U.S. has to fund another war in the Middle East, then where are they going to get the money from? They need to take out more debt. More debt equals more interest. And the question is, if can the U.S. afford to take this interest at, a, at this debt at, at a time when interest rates are so high? Already they're paying $1 trillion in, um, in interest repayments annually. How much more can they afford uh, can they afford to take? Obviously, Israel is going to be spending a lot of money. It says Israel's central bank says it will sell as much as $30 billion as part of a program to support markets following the, the attacks by Hamas. So generally what wars do is wars put more money into circulation. They stimulate economies because you need more money in, in circulation. And as Gustavo says here in the chat, uh, he says printers go brrr. That's exactly what wars um, what wars continue to do is they 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 continue to get more spend and more spend is exactly what Gustavo says. Printer go brrr, uh, and that's and that's pretty much what's going to happen. And I mean, I'm just you know putting that into perspective. The U.S. debt is at 33.5 trillion. It's been adding 28 and a half billion in in debt per day for the last 18 consecutive days, and now they've just supported or pledged support uh, for a war. For a war in Israel, um, I see we've got a lot less likes than usual. I mean, I know it's not, you know, the new. Uh, I know it's not uh, the normal type of show, but go for it. Smash the like button. Let people let people actually know that we're actually here. So let's carry on reading about what usually happens. Wars are by nature inflationary. Goods requiring raw materials are produced and destroyed without an increase in productivity. Governments typically finance the expenditure with new bond issuance, so more bonds. The U.S. may need to sell more treasury yields. To do that, they're going to increase the rates of treasuries, so higher, uh, slightly higher rates um, for treasuries. Stocks perform badly initially, and then afterwards, stocks perform very well. Um, okay, and then of course, there's outlooks for uh, bad outlooks for the losers and better outlooks for the winners. Commodities do very well during periods of war. Um, two types of commodities that do well. One is the commodities that are required in the time of war, and the other one is gold and other safe haven commodities. So things like like um, anything that, that's a safe haven where people can take their money and put their money, that's another uh, uh, um, uh, commodity which may actually do well. And that's why you'll see that gold has actually gone up. And I think we saw Paul Tudor-Jones saying, um, I like gold and I like Bitcoin. Um Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's directly because of the war. Maybe that's because of, of where the U.S. is. But either way, it is, um, it is what people, what people, to, what, what, um, what, what, what we should be looking at. Uh, let's carry on going through and just see if there's any other implications. Did I close that tweet? Huh. I think I closed that. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, okay. What else is there? So 
let's see, while, while it's very hard to know international conflict. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. I think all eyes for us are we should be looking at the oil price because the oil price will tell us, uh, this is for me the most important chart. Watch the oil price. If the oil price goes up, you know that what people are gearing up for is they're gearing up for much longer, much more United States involve, involvement style war. Um, if, if less, if we see that going up, if we see the, the, the oil price coming down, it means that the war is just going to you know, isolate it to, to Israel. And you know, you know, generally, like if you think about the, the Russia and Ukraine war, we had the big escalation. And if you think about where we are today, unless you're living in Russia or Ukraine or one of those surrounding areas, it's kind of like the war is being fought in that territory. Now, one of the things that could happen in this war is we get exactly the same thing. We get a big escalation now, and then kind of like Israel goes in and does what it needs to do, and they fight Hamas. And, and you know, this could take weeks, months, years. And, you know, unless you're living in the area, probably you'll hear less and less and less about the war because, you know, it's not the biggest news, so to speak. Um, uh, and stuff like that. I think for altcoins, when I look at altcoins, I think for altcoins, obviously this war isn't a good thing. Um, let's quickly look at, look at the altcoins. This is the last week of altcoins. A lot of these were up. You can see a lot of them are down. We've given back a lot of the gains that we that we had. Uh, you can see I'm looking at it now relative to right next to, right next to our, our bubbles and you can see uh, um, right next to banter bubbles and you can see that you can watch the news and you can actually see the tokens moving. Let's just see what happened the last hour. Okay, so again, I think altcoins, the reason why altcoins aren't going to really perform as well as, as Bitcoin is because the altcoins aren't a store of value. The altcoins are more of a, um, uh, a risky play, like a, a, VC, a VC kind of play. And I think that if we get calm, when I say calm, I don't mean calm in Israel, because I guess in Israel, we're not getting calm anytime soon. But if we get calm in terms of, you know, the rest of the world's not being dragged into a war and, this, you know, Iran doesn't get involved and, and stuff like that, then I actually think that if Bitcoin continues to go up, the altcoins will actually recover pretty quickly. If we get into a war and this war escalates, then we're going to start, you know, I think the altcoins may get punished and Bitcoin may actually hold its own. That's what we saw yesterday. So if you look at, at what we saw yesterday, we had, um, let's, uh, let's have a look at it over here. You had Bitcoin dominance rip through... Um, through fifty one percent, I think Sheldon did a, a, a show on it, a show on it um, earlier today, where he he spoke about Bitcoin dominance and, and what happened. But that is because people are quite scared of of the war, and when they scared of the war, the first thing they do is they're going to start selling risk assets and they're going to start buying uh, Bitcoin or, or, or safe haven assets. Um, yeah, I think, look, I think that's it when it comes to the war. Again, I ask you guys to be um, respectful. Again, I want to remind you guys that this is not a war of Jews against Muslims, Christians against Muslims. This is a war of Hamas against Israel. Um, it's, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of very good Muslim friends and we've been speaking a lot. A lot of them reached out to me. I reached out to a lot of them and, you know, there's just love between us. And I think that that's how it should be. This is not an, this is not a, a war of, uh, of Muslims against Jews or anything like that. This is a war which is a political war which is being fought by an extreme radical pocket um, who, who are currently in control of Gaza. And unfortunately, they've gone into Israel and they've, they've, they've you know, fought this war using citizens of Israel. Um, and whether we, or not we think that's right or wrong, I think what we need to, what we need to, 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 keep, to keep in mind here is let, let's, in the chat, let's just keep it, uh, 
let's keep it as clean and as clean as clean as possible and as you can see as you can probably tell from my tone today it's been it's been a very a very tough a very tough war for me um but it's not that's not something that i want for us to divide the banter fam someone says we can't afford another war now no one wants it no one wants a war no one wants civilians to get killed um specifically when you look at the civilians a lot of the civilians that were killed specifically that's why i showed you guys the party um these are people our age i mean these are people that go to the same type of parties that we go to these are friends these are friends of friends i mean yeah anyway we, we, we won't talk about that anymore let's move on to economic data we do have a lot of economic data this week um yeah maybe just in the um maybe just in the comments maybe just just send some love just send some love to people from the community send some love to some people from israel um yeah just let's just let's just all spread love let's i mean i know we all have different beliefs and i know that the people in gaza believe that you know that the way that they're being treated is unfair and, and, and there's two sides to this and i don't think that this is the forum where we should try and resolve it let the politicians resolve it let's just spread some love here um just spread some love in the chat Anyway, let's go into economic data while you guys are spreading love in the chat. And I, if Josh, if you can just to to spice up the 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 to make this a bit better, let's maybe just show all the messages of love on the screen as many as we can. Let's try as the banter fam spread a positive message, not a negative message. Um, hopefully, there'll be a quick resolution to this. Hopefully, as few civilian lives, both Israelis and Palestinian, will 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 be lost here if any more have to be lost um but let's keep banter as a place of love and happiness and you know and you know even though we are in a war let's let's be the let's be the light let's be the light let's be the people in the war that 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 try and help and do and everything else all right let's go to other economic news so this is, is quite a big uh, this is actually quite let me switch it off it is actually quite a big uh, uh, uh economic week this week we've got ppi and we've got cpi on on thursday is it thursday or wednesday uh thursday wednesday it's actually wednesday and thursday so you got cpi which comes out on the 12th remember that we had 14 consecutive readings of down cpi and then they started to go up again right now the forecast is 3.6 percent so we'll be looking to see what happens with cpi this week whether it's going to go higher uh, or lower i guess if the u.s enters the war the cpi number gets goes through the roof you got PPI this week on the, on the 11th. So Wednesday is the 11th. You got PPI first, and then you got CPI. Again, PPI went up. Um, the forecast is, is it 0.3? It is 0.3. So the, the forecast for PPI is, is um, an increase of, of 0.3. Let's see, let's see what actually happens. You've got jobs numbers, which come out on the 12th, on Thursday. Uh, also quite important to see what, uh, what the job numbers are going to be. All this time, what we're actually what we're actually going to be watching is we're going to be watching the the probabilities of another in, interest rate increase. Right now, eighty six point four percent for no increase. In fact, let's just go and look over here and look at the the. So, I mean, now the market's basically saying, look, they're not expecting any more rate increases. I'm still of the opinion that we could get one more rate increase. We should get one more rate increase. Uh, although if there is a war that actually changes everything, they may want to hold rates steady. They may want to stimulate the economy. Um, we, you never, ever know. Le um, so yeah, that's, that's the, um, the, uh, economic data. Let's quickly look at altcoins. And as I said to you, altcoins smashed, um, let's look at them today. 
another red day. Yesterday was a red day. The week is is completely red. Uh, on the month, some of them are still green, but generally, I think that what happened in the last couple of days have been uh, um, have been uh, bad bad for altcoins, and they will be because it's going to be risk assets. One altcoin that is shining though uh, is Solana. We talk about Solana a lot, but uh, one of the altcoins that really is shining is Solana. And the reason why I say that is. You've got the Solana DevCon coming up, this, the, not the DevCon, Breakpoint, coming up at the end of the month, 30th October to 3rd of November. And usually a lot of things happen before the DevCon, a lot of announcements happen and stuff like that. Um, we are starting to see Solana emerge as the, the almost like the third blockchain. So you got Bitcoin and Ethereum, and I think the, the institutions have completely accepted Bitcoin and Ethereum. And what I'm starting to see now is that they starting... To, to respect Solana as almost like the number three blockchain. So that's, I'm starting to see it everywhere. I'm starting to see it in, so you see it here in the inflows and outflows from, from coin shares. You can see that Solana had a massive, uh, a massive inflow, 55, uh, well, massive, massive relative. So like it, it doubled its, its AUM in, in the last, uh, sorry, 23.9 uh, <clears throat> in the last month to date, which is 25% of the total AUM went into Solana. So you can see that people, institutions are actually starting to buy Solana, um, maybe deleveraging a little bit from Ethereum. But if you look at all the other ones, institutions haven't bought into any of them. And you can see the same thing in this. There's a Van Eck report over here. The Van Eck is, is a, the big company that creates ETFs. And you can see that one of the things that they start talking about here is they actually start talking about Solana. They, they start talking about Solana and, um, and how Solana inflows they start talking about inflows into Solana. They start talking about um, uh, the partnership between Solana. And I think it's a USDC partnership or, or one of those. Let me just see if I've got it here. Yeah. Acknowledges that a new system where, where Solana USDC payments are used in lieu of credit card payments could work with Circle to rebate a portion of the savings to customers through a new point system. So you can see that institutions are starting to, to, um, to talk about Solana. Now, this is the same thing that happened with Bitcoin and ETH. First, we all spoke only about Bitcoin and Bitcoin was the only accepted asset. And then slowly, people started to accept ETH as the second asset. And I'm starting to see the same pattern emerge now around Solana. A lot of these, these asset managers that are, are starting to, to, to emerge now uh, around Solana. Um, also, if you thought that NFTs were dead, um, there is some signs of life in NFTs. I mean, we, you remember the pudgy penguins uh, thing that we saw in Walmart? You're also now seeing a Chinese government-owned newspaper to launch an NFT platform. That's like this, the Chinese government basically launching a platform with uh, with NFTs, which is, you know, just shows that the prices may be down. And yes, the old collections, the, you know, the, the punks and whatever the old collections were, a lot of them probably ain't going to make it. But NFTs as a technology, definitely, definitely, definitely going to make it. Um, another thing which I saw today, which I think is very, very, very interesting, is this. It shows BitLook's outlook by country. In other words, who is the most optimistic? And what I noticed here when I looked at who is the most optimistic is the countries that need Bitcoin the most are actually the ones that are the most optimistic. So you look at Nigeria, very tough capital controls, not a lot of money in Nigeria, tough to move money around. 60% of people are positive about, uh, about Bitcoin. India, same thing. Vietnam, same thing. Argentina, same thing. South Africa, same thing. When you go into the more developed countries where they have strong banking systems and stuff like that, you see that they become less, less optimistic about Bitcoin. So it just shows that Bitcoin is not something that you need until you need it. 
And when you need it, then you realize just how valuable Bitcoin actually is. So a lot of people are in the United States and they're sitting here and they're holding a whole lot of Bitcoin. But if you live in the US, you don't really need Bitcoin. If you live in the UK, you don't really need Bitcoin. You don't have the problems that all these countries have, the Nigeria, the India, the Vietnams, the Argentinas. When you live in a country where you have these problems, you actually realize the real value of, 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 of Bitcoin. And so I, I think this is, it's quite a profound chart, this, because it shows that the more countries go th through them, that's where they become more bullish. The more there is a need, the more Bitcoin, but the more they realize that Bitcoin actually fills that need. And that's, uh, and that's what we're seeing over here. Yeah. Um, a few other things. The first thing is, if you're not already signed up on Deribit, sign up on Deribit. They are launching a whole lot of other. Um, they, they are launching a whole lot of other uh, uh, options. So I think they, they're starting to do Solana options. Let me just have a look here. I don't know if we've got. There are a whole lot of other options that they're starting to launch. Um, we're also going to be starting to do our um, Deribit tutorials and teach people how to actually use options. So make sure that you're signed up. If you do sign up. You, you do get a whole lot of, uh, you, you, I mean, you, you need to KYC and then we're going to start doing all the, all the courses and stuff like that. Also, um, if you need charting software, so we've got a, a, um, a, a very good deal if you guys want charting software. Um, so if you do um, want to take trading, you can get 20% 20, 20 of the essential plan. You can get 25% of the plus plan and 30% of the premium plan. So if you do want to get TradingView, like obviously I use TradingView each and every day. You probably use TradingView each and every day. Then my suggestion is use the link below because you'll end up getting 20% of 25% and 30% of depending on which one you actually take. You don't need the premium. I mean, I've obviously got premium. You don't need premium, but you definitely need the plus or, or the essential. I mean, if you want, if you're any type of chartist. And if you've been wanting to get it, well, just uh, smash smash the, um, the the link below and we'll take it from there. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to spend some time talking about Giddy. They are one of our sponsors and I do want to spend some time talking about that. But let's leave that for tomorrow. Um, once again, I say very different uh, type of show. Um, thanks for being here. It's been a tough show for me. It's been a really, really, really tough show to, to deliver. Yesterday, I didn't even do a show. I could have done a show, but it's just too close to home. Um, hopefully tomorrow when we meet again the mood is a bit better hopefully we're all spreading love until then and uh, if you're trading trade well my friends